Welcome in, everybody, to Face-to-Face Sports here on WEHC 90.7 FM. I'm your host, Jordan Dove. For those who may not know, this show discusses all the latest local and national sports topics while also providing an outlet for those in athletics to talk a little bit about themselves. Today, I am very happy to welcome in Coach Pete Hansen. Hansen is the head wrestling coach at Emory & Henry, and he has held that position since 2020. So without further ado, welcome into Face-to-Face Sports Coach. How you doing? Doing great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. As as you know, you know we've been we've been uh, on this show just talking to different coaches and getting to know them. And uh, wrestling came to my mind. I was like, well, well, let's see what uh, Coach Hanson has to say about that. Uh, obviously, you are newer to Emory, and um, this is now your second year, I, I guess. Yeah, we're going into the third season here. We're uh, starting the program. Um, before that, I was actually the defensive line coach here at Emory, so mm-hmm. I had a little bit of time on campus before taking over the program here for or starting the program here for wrestling so it's been kind of nice to be here yeah absolutely and um we're, we're definitely going to talk about the program and what you're thinking for the season but let's let's take it back a little bit and uh and let's talk about yourself talk about uh your introduction to wrestling how did you initially become interested in the sport and around how old were you so i uh, actually it was eighth grade junior high and I was thinking about doing it my seventh grade year, and I just didn't didn't have the guts to do it. And then my friends talked me into doing it, and from then on, I mean, it was just part of who I was everywhere I went. So, and to be honest, you know that that eighth grade year, I got the crap kicked out of. Me. So <laughs> that I'm still here is a miracle itself. <laughs> right. What about uh, what about your high school days? How how well would you say you developed during that time? Oh my goodness. So and actually, you know, kind of funny high school. So. Um, I went to Beaumont High School in Bountiful, Utah. Uh, I wrestled all three years there and um, was varsity for most of it, even though I wrestled 189 pounds. I weighed about 162 for the first two years, so a little bit underweight. Um, my head coach was Bart Thompson, and he actually is like the – and I could, I'm going to get this wrong, and you could fact-check me on this. He's like the one of the head guys over the committee that does the high school rule book for wrestling. So it's kind of awesome that, you know, we were always very well informed about the rules and everything like that. So um, some would like to say, you know, I had a great high school career and I kind of messed up at the end. I was ranked fifth in state my senior year and actually didn't even end up qualifying for state. So grateful for a college experience that called me back to the sport and got to do a little bit of redemption tour. So, yeah, and how we started. Yeah, great. And uh, moving right along, you attended uh, Southern Virginia University. You were you were very successful during uh, your time there, All-American uh, champion of the 2008 Mid-Atlantic Regional. Talk to us a little bit about your college days and the commitment you showed during that time. Yeah, so this is a, you know kind of an interesting story. I, w- I went to SCU to um, really just to play football at the time. Never thought I was going to get the chance. And then my buddy who, who convinced me to go back there with him um, his father-in-law was actually friends with the president. Is that we ended up even back there to begin with? But as we got there, he he kind of conned me into coming out to wrestling because he needed somebody to wrestle, and I was right about the same weight class he was. And that year, I actually end up, you know, having to tell my wife, "Hey, they've conned me into wrestling, and we got a wrestling match this weekend." And she's like, "Okay," and I thought I was going to have to do some convincing to get myself to go. But, you know, all in all, it, it actually sparked something in me and led me to a coach that, you know, helped me develop who I was. So, you know, 
I ended up wrestling and qualifying for nationals as a freshman and didn't end up going because of some promises I made to my wife to even get me there. But as we as we made those those treks, I didn't wrestle my sophomore year because I had hurt my ribs during football. And then after that, was almost not even sure if I was going to wrestle again until Coach Nate Casperson um, came on board and kind of through his um, love and guidance, um, helped me get to the point where I felt like I could wrestle again after that injury. So it was really, really kind of cool how, you know, being there for those years, to be honest, probably at one point, um, probably should have gave up the football to focus on wrestling. I was a much better wrestler than I was a football player. So mm-hmm. a little bit going on there. What, what, I mean, obviously you're a coach now, but what would you say you learned from your coaches in college that you still carry with you to this day? Oh, my goodness. So this is a real good example. So a lot of times in college wrestling, the heavyweights are kind of like all by themselves. Or sometimes they don't even have a wrestling partner for most of their college career. So for literally for my first like practice with the team after coming back, I literally pushed a wall for about a half hour. So wow. <laughs> because there was nobody around for me to push, you know, no one for me to work out with. So coach had to be kind of inventive of like, what can I do to get this really strong kid that's really big, you know, to get a workout in and still get the benefits he needs. And at the times I was like, man, my arms really, really hurt for pushing on this wall. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of us have heard that, you know, that parable or that story a long time ago, you know, where, you know, God's told somebody to push on a rock for years and years and years and everybody thinks it's worthless. But at the end, he sees how sculpted his body became and how resilient his body became to the elements and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of one of those moments where he realized that, you know, it's all about the hard work and the diligence that I put in, not necessarily what everybody else is doing, and to kind of ignore the noise. Right. And it really, really helped me in the long run to, like, make friends, to, like, bring people into the room to help me because I needed to reach out a little bit more. But also helped me be able to focus without anybody around to get to the position where I needed to be. Right, right. Wonderful, wonderful. Great great advice from your coaches, and definitely had good coaching. Um, what would you say, uh, would you say when you came out of college, I mean, obviously you mentioned earlier you, you were the defensive line coach um, at Emory & Henry. Did you initially want to be a football coach over a wrestling coach? You know, that, that's a good question. So I came out of college going into business. And I went after the crash of 2008, the housing crash, and I went to California trying to find a job and really didn't work out too well. And I ended up having to go back home to Utah for about nine months, Mm -hmm. working in a produce warehouse, unloading trucks, until I finally got a job at at Rio Tinto in California to mine there, where I was a business analyst for almost five years. And it got to the point where I I just didn't like it. And I was like, man, I thought this is what I was I was going to make all this money in business. And one day, you know, I'm working with a church group and I've been trying to go to the gym every day. And all this kid wants to do is go to the gym with me and work out. And, you know, I'm like, for me, it was like, that's my alone time, right? Like, I don't want to go share that with somebody. But I eventually like said, yeah, man, come on, let's go. If your parents say it's okay, meet me at the gym on this day at this time when I get off work. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, he was there. And then next thing I notice, about two months down the road, I have about eight kids meeting me at the gym every single day Wow! from this church group. And I'm like, what is going on? 
and I probably did this for about six months to eight months, almost maybe almost a year, of these kids meeting me at the gym. And and my work situation at the time just was like I wasn't having fun. I wasn't enjoying my time. You know, yeah, money's good, right? But money isn't everything. And at one point I came home and I was just like, you know, this is this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. And technically I still had two classes to finish for college. I had to finish my Spanish credit, which are my ultimate arch nemesis right there, Spanish. So there you know, if you want to confuse me the most, Let's start talking about Spanish. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I go and I uh, I go b- plan to move back across the country. My wife, my daughter, and my son. So he's maybe a year and a half old, maybe two years old at this point, if I can remember correctly. And we move clear back from California, clear back to the University of Virginia for me to finish those credits. And the head coach at SVU, who is actually now the head coach at Southern Utah University, um, calls me up and asks me if I want to coach the D-line. And I was like, man, that's like a no-brainer in my head. Like, I've been doing all this stuff in the gym, trying to work out with these guys, get them to where they're going to be. And now I've just been given, like, kind of an open door, which is probably one of the hardest open doors to get into is coaching college football or just coaching in general at the collegiate level. And... So I took it, I jumped at it. And from that point, it's been like, this is where I need to be. And I spent almost eight years just purely focused on college football. Mm -hmm. And then one day, Emory decided to announce that they were going to start a wrestling program. And I mean, I was excited. Like, I was super excited. And and not the fact that I was like, oh, I'm going to apply for this job excited. But I messed around with my guys on the football team. A lot of them, former wrestlers, all of that. We had a bunch of kids that were state champions here playing football for us. And, you know, so for me, I was like, man, I can just go mess around in the room again and get, you know, get some practice in. And for me, I like the workout. And next thing I know, I got kids telling me like, hey, I would stay here and wrestle if you were the head coach. And I was like, why would you say that? <laughs> but I just went in here out the other. And I think that announcement happened in like, maybe November or something like that. And November came, December came, gone, all of that. And we come back for school in January, and they still haven't named a head coach. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there going, well, why, why is nothing going on? And I actually had a buddy who was um, – his friend was is, is the coach from um, one of the counties nearby and Grayson County, and he was like, well, I heard he's getting the job. And I was like, cool. But nothing was going on, so I walked into the athletic director's office one day, and I go, hey, uh, you know, I'm just curious what's going on with the wrestling job. And she's like, actually, we're just getting ready to offer somebody right now. And she goes, why are you interested? And, man, that moment, you know, like all of a sudden stuck in my chest, like, what do you say right now, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's like that moment like where you go, is this the time where I say yes or do I say no and keep on doing what I'm doing? And I just happened to say yes. And, well, she goes, well, that changes things. And I'm like, oh, man. Okay. She goes, let me let me make some phone calls, and I'll give you a call or a text here in about a half hour. And the next thing I know, not more than 10 minutes later, I'm sitting in my football office. And she says, interview tomorrow, 9 a.m. So, literally, I go from just thinking about it to the less than 24 hours. I have to go interview for the job and tell Coach Newsom that I'm leaving to go interview for the job, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
which was a you know uh, you know an interesting thing. But you know, actually, you know, to Coach Newsom's credit, you know, when I went there and told him about it, you know, he knew my background and everything where I'd come from, and he yeah he would he couldn't have been happier, you know that. I'd be here staying if there, if I left anywhere. And then he even said, you know, if that doesn't work out, you're still here with me anyway. Mm-hmm. So, which was really, really great because, I mean, in my short career of coaching defensive line, I've had a lot of success. Um, even had a kid go to the NFL that I coached at Frostburg State, mm-hmm. um, you know, when we were back, when they were D3 back in the day. So, you know, Niall Scott was you know, kind of those anomalies that we, that I had the opportunity to coach of a kid putting himself in a great position to get to the next level. So, you know, for me, it was just an opportunity to, you know, to coach again. And, you know, the draw for wrestling is, is so much different than football because as a coach, we definitely, you know, a lot of times don't have to make the decision who starts, right? We could do wrestle off versus, you know, Hey, we're going to practice and then I'll make the decision later who, who gets to play. Right. Mm-hmm. So I love that aspect of wrestling, and you know, grateful that I can be here in that moment at this time right now. So. Now, now in the in the short period of time where you were a, a football coach, but they hadn't announced a wrestling program yet, mm-hmm. were you were you always thinking about about wrestling or uh, coaching wrestling someday? You know, it's just funny. It's funny you say that. In my spare time, I would watch wrestling probably just as much as I watched film for football. Mm-hmm. So it, it's uh, something that's like always been in my blood. And, uh, you know, I always, you know, I have a lot of people out there. So I'm a huge Kale Sanderson fan and, and partly because he's from Utah and I'm from Utah. So, you know, Penn State, you know, being at the pinnacle of wrestling right now. Um, and, uh, you know, funny story about that. His dad was actually the coach at my high school for a year before I even got there. So if he would have yeah. ended up staying at my school for a long time, I would have actually wrestled in the same room as Kale. Oh, so, man. you know, that's just, just, just me being kind of like selfish. Like I love my coach to death. Don't tell that I don't, but you know, it would have been kind of cool to be in the same room as him growing up. Would have given you some good reps for sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Put me in my place a little bit. Right. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> um, but you know, I just happened Yeah, you know, that's what, you know, and I always just, just watch as much as I could. And so sure. then for me to get that opportunity was kind of, kind of surreal in, in life. Absolutely. Um, now I do want to talk about, you know, the program now and everything, but, but before we do, um, can you talk to us a little bit about your time in Illinois, uh, completing the coaching leadership Academy? What, what was that experience like? And for, for those of us who may not know, what, what is that, um, Academy for? Okay. So this, this Academy is probably the most amazing thing that I think that a coaches association has ever done. So the NWCA, I mean, if any other organization could like, you know, look to a, a light to guide them on, this would be the one because the things they do and how they do, you know, provide these scholarships to be able to bring coaches to this leadership academy is second to none. I mean, really what it is is wrestling, you know, probably about, I don't even know how many years ago, back in the early 2000s into the 90s, you know, we saw wrestling have a huge decline and losing lots of programs. Um, and, you know, Mike Moyer has done amazing things of bringing the sport back to life, and women's wrestling is also credit to that. Um, but they've pr- put this program together to teach you how to be able to make your program, um, for lack of a better word, kind of like invincible to the world, right? Like teach you how to do fundraising, teach you how to put things in the correct order of academics, athletics, 
all that so that you can, as a coach, be well prepared for any situation that comes at you and actually have like a mentor or resources to reach out to anytime you need, which is, I mean, I don't know of another coaches association that does anything similar to that, but they teach you how to lay any, everything out from fundraising to goal setting, where you want to be with your program, it all. And literally you're there for two days and that's all you work on. Mm-hmm. Um, even this, and, and I had, I went to it, to it during COVID, but this year they even have those guys um, at the convention that we went to this year. They have them to get up and like um, introduce speakers and teach you just public presence and all of that kind of stuff, which, you know, sometimes that life really doesn't get to teach us all that time, you know, and so them to be able to take the time to be able to teach us all of that is really kind of cool and be able to put other head coaches in our path to help us get to that point. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk, let's transition into your athletes and the program now. Um, a typical work week, typical practice week for you and the athletes, what does that look like? Okay, so when we start, um, the first official practice starts on, I think, October 10th this year. Mm-hmm. Um so we will typically go six days a week when we start practice, um, practice for about two hours each day. Um, I typically don't get to the full two hours. We work hard enough in about an hour and a half to two hours that we don't go much further than that. So um, most of the time they'll get up, get a lift in the morning at least two to three times a week. And then we practice in the afternoon. The This year the women are going to be practicing from – 2.30 to 4.30, and the men will practice from 4.30 to 6.30 almost every day. Um, and this is on top of all the classwork that they're doing. And then mm-hmm. we'll typically have like a study hall after that in the evening time so that those that need the, some extra help on grades will show up to study hall um, and we'll get things working that way. So really full days. Um, we're really getting working hard. Um, we start competition in November, so, uh, uh, you know, six days a week for for a little bit. Um, is really kind of um, interesting, you know, and the kids, it takes a little bit for them to get used to the workload and all of that. So, you know, it's not terrible, but it it really gets going. Mm-hmm. So, what, what do the athletes typically say is the toughest part of their training? Ooh, um, I, I want to say it's the, it, not necessarily the intensity of it, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's a marathon for us. So, you know, we start in October and we don't finish till till March, mid-March. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really the um, the everyday grind of getting better and and looking out for your, your, your health along the way. Mm-hmm. So everybody can, you know, you know, last a week and you'll not be tired, you know. But, you know, by week three or four, it's like, okay, and my body's starting to wear down. What am I doing to recover each and every day? So... With that, I I think the I I try to make it. I, I tell this story all the time. I go, hey, we, it's the sun's out, we're running. So it sun's out, runs out for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, in in Abingdon and Emory, all that you know, it rains quite a bit during you know November, October, all that time. Sure. So you know, it, it when the sun is out, we try to enjoy it as much as we can. So I try to go for a run before practice every time the sun is out. Mm-hmm. And so they dread the message when I tell them, bring your shoes to practice today. <laughs> <laughs> right, and uh, I I would imagine the toughest part. I mean, you you said you're going from October to around mid March. They have to maintain their weight during that entire time, don't they? They do, yes. Shoo. So we've had some really good success with bringing 
some weight down and, you know, we have the OPC, which is the um, optimal performance calculator. So it's the weight management system. So they can only lose so much per week getting down. So, you know, to really balance that, to make sure that we're on weight for when we need to be, or if, you know, an athlete's trying to descend into a lower weight class, you know, taking the proper amount of time to get there and be able to wrestle the weight that they intend to for the end of the season. So mm-hmm. we've really done some good success there, both on the men's and the women's side of getting the, you know, people down into a weight class where they can really perform. Sure. Sure. Um, matches and, you know, wrestling matches afterwards, how, how do you analyze um, one of your athletes after a, after a, a match? Do you, what do you typically look for personally? So, um, I, really what it is, is effort, right? Because you can go into a match and wrestle, say, the number one kid in the nation and know that you're going to lose that match. But what is the effort that I put in during that time? Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's completely obvious to me whether they, they gave effort or whether they just let the other guy control the match. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, we, we, we have realistic expectations going into it. But also, you know, we have a mantra around here of dream big. So don't ever let the moment be bigger than you and just go after it. So I expect them fully to go into a match going, hey, I'm going to take this guy down no matter what what's going on around. Mm-hmm. And so that way, when we get done with the match, we have something that we can work with versus just going, hey, that was a terrible match. You know, what do we got to do now? Right. Mm-hmm. So it, as we go into those kind of matches, you know, yeah, there's the ones that we expect to win, and if we don't, obviously we can see point out the differences and, you know, the mistakes that happen in the match. But the matches where, where you know or expect you're going to lose and how hard you fight, that really, you know, displays where we have the, the heart and that dream of it being better and how hard we wrestle. So it's kind of easy in that aspect of we can really point that out. And we try to film every single match and then go over them with the guys, with the girls, as we go home and stuff like that because – that immediate feedback is, is probably more beneficial than we wait till the next week to go over it. We can always go over it week, two weeks, a month later, right? Watch them this season to compare to last season. But, you know, that immediate, hey, was your effort where it was supposed to be? Mm-hmm. Or did you let that moment be too big mm-hmm. and go from there? I'm sure you've had a few upsets, though, in your in your coaching career, haven't you? Where you before, because you were mentioning, you know, well, it may, he may not beat this guy, but um, talk about those moments when when one of your athletes, you know, pulled off the upset or or uh, beat a guy that you know, was that might have been ranked higher than him. So so last year we wrestled Bluefield College or Bluefield University. Now, pretty sure you're familiar with them. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we were going into a dual meet with them, and you know we were banged up, um, short short a few weight classes because some injuries and some kids you know, doing the right things. And, you know, we were, you know, I think we were down about three weights and, you know, fully went into that match. Expect me and my expectations probably weren't very high. I was like, hopefully we could, you know, just stick with them. Right. And we start off with our, our backup 125, which was uh, Tito Hernandez. And, you know, Tito's a great kid, puts in the most effort. Like when you talk about effort, Tito's one of those guys who puts in the effort mm-hmm. and, we go into that match and this kid's giving Tito, you know, giving him the business working around. And then another next thing we know, they're near the edge of the mat. and Tito flips him on his back and pins him. And it was that, that moment where you could see, you could feel the room change mm-hmm. and the energy change of how we were going to wrestle that day. And then we started to run the table 
you know, and, you know, our 41-pounder came out and worked really, really hard and got a win. And then they had a kid that was probably, I think, their male athlete of the year, which Levi Field wrestled him um, and and beat him in the end. And with that week we had decided, you know, this is, you know, actually two weeks before this, we decided we're going to be the best conditioned team that we can be. And we started practice, and I mean probably the hardest we've ever practiced. And he got into a match that was one of those, you know, match of attrition, you know, I'm going to see who can get tired the most right here. Mm -hmm. And Levi came out on top and we won and we just kept going. And, you know, there was this senior day for them. And we ended up the only match we lost that night was an exhibition match. And the ones that we had to forfeit because we didn't have anybody, we ran the table and, you know, the energy in the room was just, I mean, just flipped beyond belief, Wow. you know, and probably some matches that we probably shouldn't have won. Um, probably dual meet. We shouldn't probably even had any business being in because we were really young. And but the guys, you know, they really took some energy that day. And when Tito pulled that win out, where no one expected him to win that match, mm-hmm. I mean, flipped it. And then, you know, we beat probably their number one kid. And you know, and then our heavyweight had a really good showing there too. And it was great. So. Yeah, and and we're talking about the uh, competition. Emery and Henry, of course, has transitioned to Division Two now. Are there any schools you coach are specifically looking out for on the schedule? Yeah, there's actually quite a few. Um, you know, when we get into the SAC slash Conference Carolinas, I mean, you you look through it, and there's a lot of kids. You know, they've had some good tradition of kids being in the finals, stuff like that. So, Landers, the returning conference champions, um, and we get them in the first month of competition this year. So it'll be an interesting interesting day down in Lander. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be really good. I think they have a returning national champ down there. Um, I think of 41 to 49, and he'll we'll see where he goes and what he does, you know, and where we match up. So big day there. And then obviously, you know, our our crosstown rival, we got King this year at home, which is going to be a pretty big deal. So, I mean, a lot of local community support there. And, you know, it's going to be a men's and women's match on the same day. So mm-hmm. even bigger. Right. Let me. We have a, a few minutes left here on the show, and let me ask you, Coach. I like to ask a lot of the coaches this. What would you say gives you the biggest gratification as a head coach? Mm. Um, probably the success of my athletes, but just not, not on the mat all the time, but everything else that goes on. Mm-hmm. You know, everything I do every day is to them to get to where they want to be. And so seeing them succeed and reach their goals, Bar, bar none, one of the, my favorite things to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had the opportunity for you know, one of our girls to qualify for nationals last year, and she lost in the blood round to Andrea Langley. And, you know, she's coming back in grad school and has two more years to wrestle. And, you know, for her, she, she wants to gun for it all. So, you know, for me to be able to help her along that path, that's more gratifying than anything else. And mm-hmm. then uh, on the men's side, Levi Field, you know, he was our, our highest placer All-American last year at the NCWA tournament and, you know, being able to be with them when they've achieved a goal or get, get to where they want to be. And then also hear them afterwards say, I want more coach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, that's probably the most gratifying thing that I could be as a coach. So. Right. And you, you love to see that in a sport like wrestling, um, where the, the demand on your body is, you know, so grueling and it's just such a, um, a test against yourself more than anything, um, I think more than any sport, it's just so, so demanding. So 
I'm sure if you're athletes, not to quit, even if it's been a tough week or a tough match for them, I'm sure that's got to be gratifying more than anything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Watching them push through, even mm-hmm. when they have those little nicks and injuries going on, mm-hmm. you know, watching them find that other, that little happy place mm-hmm. and go get that win is, is pretty awesome because it doesn't happen in a whole lot of other sports because just the nature of, of those games, you know, they're able to have somebody else to plug in where, you know, once you've qualified for a tournament as a wrestler, you know, you're, you, it's just you. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. Well, Coach, I cannot thank you enough for coming on today. Um, really, really appreciate it having you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. This has been an awesome experience. Absolutely, absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, that was another edition of Face to Face Sports here on WEHC. I want to thank you all for tuning in once again. Also, special thanks to KLSU on LSU's campus for providing the necessary equipment. Tune in next week, same day, same time, Monday at 6.30 in the evening. Bye now.